and the Blazers. And we got to talk about this game because it happened to the Blazers again for the third time. A meltdown, a collapse, whatever word you want to use to describe it, again in that third quarter. And it's becoming the talk of the town because everyone around is uh, laying the mystery, if you will, on Kevin Durant with him not playing. Uh, I talked to some people the other day about the game, and I'll get into what we discussed in a little bit. But there, there seems to be something going on with the Blazers where they keep having these meltdowns in the third quarter. And you would think by game three at home, they would have possibly figured something out. And you hold Steph Curry pretty much in check for what that's worth for two quarters, full first half. You go into the second, you go into halftime with typically decent or large leads. You maintain those leads for the first three, four minutes of the third quarter. And then once it hits about the halfway point, a little bit further than the halfway point, maybe about the eight-minute mark or less, I'm sorry, it gets crazy and the Warriors begin to dominate once again. And in particular, the game Saturday where you look at Draymond Green and me personally, I am a fan of Draymond Green, the basketball player. Although some of his some of his antics can rub you the wrong way, but if I'm building a basketball team, I have a spot on my team for Draymond Green, and it showed on Saturday his leadership and what he does for that team. So right now KD is hurt, and we know KD is that other scorer that you can pretty much not stop because of his length and his athleticism and his skill set. But they still have Steph. They still got Clay, They still got Draymond. These are the guys that were there that won before Kevin Durant decided to come over and join them. So they're, for lack of a better phrase, they're getting back to the basics of what got them there the first time and propelled them to where they are right now. But Draymond Green's leadership qualities, values, demeanor are unspeakable and they were on full display on Saturday. Uh, I mean, the way he attempted to change the tempo of the game, the shots that he made on Saturday. And, you know, Draymond is, is typically the defensive backbone, the small lineup five, the facilitator on that team he can score but he doesn't look to score he looks to get the guys that do the scoring involved early and often and just buck down on defense and and maintain that you know that gets him where he is today but his leadership on this team is is unspeakable um i am particularly speaking of one moment not particularly but i want to speak of one moment where Jordan Bell was out on a break by himself, and he missed the open dunk. 
as the game went on, you know, it was all on the media. The media guys that were there commenting on the game said, oh, now he's going to be auditioning for Shaq and the Fool, things of that nature, which is fine. You know, it happens. One of the things that I did see in Draymond is after that, shortly after that, they were lining up to shoot free throws. And he's talking to his teammate, a younger teammate, Jordan Bell. And he's basically just saying, like, look, dude, you missed a shot. I missed a shot. And you kind of see him pointing to other people. Like, he missed shots. He missed shots. I missed shots. It happens. It continued. It was a timeout after that. And that conversation continued into that timeout as they're on the bench preparing for, you know, the coach to begin that timeout. So that leadership quality is something that a lot of teams don't have. And, again, it was on full display on Saturday. And I applaud Draymond for that. Because, like I said, he had to score a little bit in order for them to win that game. And he did what he had to do as far as scoring. And he also facilitated and kept those guys together. So I like to say that a lot of times he's the glue of that team with keeping them together. With his skill set, his basketball IQ, and his leadership qualities. Because it's not many fours in the league right now that can do the things that he can do on the offensive end of the floor. A lot of those guys are good on defense, and they can do some things on offense, but they don't have the ability to run the break, get the rebound, and push and transition. They don't have the ability to facilitate the offense in a half-court set, as Draymond does. So a lot of people don't like him because of his antics and things of that nature. And like I mentioned when we first got started on this subject, his antics do at times get under my skin. But basketball-wise, for all intents and purposes, if I'm building a basketball team, I personally have a spot on my roster for J. My Green just because of his leadership and his skill set of what he can do on the basketball court at his size and at the positions that he plays. Now, I also want to flip and get on the other side of this thing and talk about the Blazers. You put the Thunder out of their misery. There was a, a, a feud, if you will, or back and forth between Dane and Russi. We all know how that played out. Uh, Golden State, I mean, I'm, I'm getting my words tied up here. I'm sorry. Portland defeats them, knocks them out of the playoffs. They're out again. Portland moves on. Now, they're playing the Warriors, and I am sure that almost everybody believes or believed that the Warriors would win this series, but we thought that after what we saw from Dame Lillard and the Portland Trailblazers against the OKC Thunder, that we would see a better series. In my opinion, they're starting to look like they don't want to win, like they don't want to be in this series, like almost like they can't wait for it to be over. And for all intents and purposes, again, it will probably be over tomorrow night or tonight when they play, yeah, tonight when they play uh, game four in Portland. And, you know, recent reports have just come out that Dame Lillard is possibly playing with separated ribs. Yeah, I took a moment of silence because I don't really buy that right now. 
And and I don't buy it because why would you say it right now? I mean, call let's call a, a spade a spade. You're getting your butts kicked. It's plain and simple. That's what it is. So don't try to come up with excuses. Call a spade a spade. You know. Uh, also, Dame had some issues with the Golden State Warriors double teaming him with a minute something left on the clock in the game, and he felt like that was you know a little crazy and whatnot. But Dame, you have to also understand that that could be considered as or be taken as a little bit of a respect issue because they know who you are and what you're capable of as far as your skill set on the basketball court. Also, you have to take into consideration uh, also that this is the Western Conference Finals. It's all or nothing. We got to win four games to get to the to get to the NBA Finals, where we want to be. That was our goal from the beginning of the season. We have the opportunity to get there. We need to win four games, and we're going to do everything in our power to win these four games. So, Dane, think about it. You understand basketball. You made it to the NBA. You did what you did against OKC and Russell Westbrook. So what makes you think that they're going to stop playing just because they're in the lead and it's only a minute, 25 seconds left on the clock? I don't buy it. You know, I think it's a, a cop out uh, trying to bring up excuses for why they are down three nothing. But if anybody's watching, anybody knows we see and we know why. You're down three nothing because you have been playing horrible third quarters for three games, and you have to kick them when they're down. And I'm speaking of whoever's playing the Golden State Warriors. If you get up on them, you got to keep your foot on the gas pedal because they always have the potential to come back. And if you give them a glimmer of hope, if you will open the door just a crack they will kick the door in they will take that glimmer of hope and ride that into the sunset with a win like they did the other night and it's crazy because people i see that i talk to about this on social media and and all around you know verbally as well we're all coming to the same conclusion that portland just doesn't want to win they, they look like a team defeated. They look tired. And I hope they can get a game, at least get one, you know, because it's a great experience for them as well. But you've got to get a game. You have to figure out a way to battle in this third quarter. That's your Achilles heel, and you haven't figured it out yet. It's three games. Your backs are against the wall. You're on the brink of elimination. And if you don't figure it out tonight, then, you know, you, you'll have a long summer to figure it out. But then at that point, it won't even matter because the season will be over. And it won't be a game six, game five, or whatever. It'll be start of a new season, whatever, you know, start this whole process over again. And, you know, if they get swept, I'm sure it is going to be a super long summer for them to get over this sweep. If it occurs tonight, it's also going to be heartbreaking for them because I'm sure they feel like they can play better, but you can't feel it. You've got to show it. You've got to do it in order to succeed, in order to get past the Warriors and get to the next level. 
So with that being said, again, Warriors, Blazers tonight, 9 p.m., I believe. Yes, 9 p.m., game four, ESPN. Possible closeout game. I'm hoping that the uh, Blazers can get one to keep this series going. But we'll definitely see what happens uh, later tonight. So moving forward, we want to talk about last night's game. Milwaukee at Toronto, game three, Eastern Conference Finals. Toronto holds on in double overtime, 118 to 112 to get back in that series, if you will. They're now down 2-1. They play again tomorrow night, 8.30, TNT, game four. Um, yesterday's game was a great game. Uh, I have to say, again, though, Toronto is draining living off of Kawhi, and it is really, really, it, it showed in the series against the Sixers that those are, that, that supporting cast is not supporting Kawhi, if you will, um, but it's really showing now against a team like the Milwaukee Bucks because they have the tools, the assets, all the pieces, some of the pieces that the Sixers did not have to get them beyond the point that they want to get to. Um, like I mentioned, and I'll get into this when I talk about the Sixers after you get done with these uh, conference finals, they have a point guard. They have three point guards, actually, in Bledsoe, Malcolm Brogdon, and George Hill, which is something that you need in the playoffs down the stretch of games. And the bigger issue with those three guards are these guards are threats to score. Now, people are going to say, well, ben, listen, I've been telling people this for two years, and I'm going to say it again. Ben Simmons is not a point guard. Ben Simmons is playing point guard. But it shows down the stretch. It showed in game seven down the stretch where that point guard was needed. You had two possessions where you got shot clock violation. You couldn't get a shot off. And another one with a bad turnover. So it shows. But again, getting back to the Toronto-Milwaukee series, I, I again, I still think that Milwaukee will win this series. Um, I, I I thought in the beginning it would be five or six games, and that's right now that's still holding holding uh, face because it's now 2-1. Again, I think, as I mentioned earlier when I gave the scores in your news and updates in the beginning of the show, I believe that Toronto is not going to get out of this series. Uh, I think that Kawhi is beginning to show that he's tired. Although he had a great game again last night, he kind of took over in the overtime with a couple guys fouling out on both sides of the ball um, in that game. He actually got some help yesterday from Siakam. And, you know, as we know as fans, as, as me as a media member watching these games, you know, that pivotal game three is is always key. Like we say, it's pivotal. It's always key to a series. And I think that going back home down 0-2, they had to get one of these games. Uh, more importantly, if you will, they had to get game three. Because I just feel like if they didn't get game three, it could have been a possible sweep for them. I think they saved face for the for temporary purposes 
And I still think they will lose this series. Now, once this series is over, they will have a lot to deal with in the offseason as well. Like people are talking about the Sixers are going to have a lot to talk about and a lot to deal with. And we will get into that in our very next segment. But the Toronto Raptors are, are I think, going to lose Kawhi. And I've had people say to me, why do you think he's going to leave? And, and I said, you know, if you look at the game within the game, the series against the Sixers, Kawhi was tired. There was one game where at the end of that game, you could see that he was totally spent. And I mean, he was like dead tired. But I don't think he's the type of person that will stay to carry this band of characters and get to the same spot again. And I'm not sure how Toronto's front office is going to handle this because as we know what happened last year, again, they got to the conference finals and then they fired their coach because they got swept. So now again, they had to save face. You made coaching change. You made this trade and you brought in Kawhi Leonard after firing your coach that got you to the conference finals you got swept by Cleveland. LeBron leaves and goes to the Western Conference. Now you feel like the door is open for you. Milwaukee has emerged as a possible thorn in your side now to overcome over overcome you as the top team in the East now. The Sixers are in the mix. Boston is in the mix. New Jersey could very well be on the cusp of being in the mix. So... The dynamic has changed in the Eastern Conference and Toronto right now are like the elder statesmen of the Eastern Conference. And like I said, you backtrack last year, Eastern Conference finals, you get swept, you fire your coach, you turn around this year, you make a trade, you get you a stud in Kawhi. You also make a trade uh, and then thinking it's going to be an addition for Mark Gasol which didn't really pan out, I believe, the way they thought it would. So you get to the conference finals again. You hire a new coach. You go, you go with the the new blood, the young blood, and you get back to the same position, and you're basically in the same spot that you were last year. The only difference is this year you just won a game in the conference finals so far. And it is what it is. You know, they are... Not, I don't think they're going to win this series. I really do not think they're going to win this series. And with that being said, I look forward to game four tomorrow night to see what happens, to see how those guys, the supporting cast of Kawhi Leonard, uh, bands together. And again, I just don't think a lot of people have mixed opinions thinking that he may suck it up and stay. I think it's going to take a lot for him to stay. And I'm not sure if he's going to be willing to go through this again with not much or little help at all. With that being said, that wraps up our NBA Eastern Conference, Western Conference playoff talk for right now. We're going to take a quick break. When I come back, we're going to pick up. We're going to talk about the Sixers. We're going to talk about a little bit about the draft. We had the draft lottery the other night. I will tell you who has the first four picks in that. I may even give you all 14 picks of the lottery, the order. And we're going to talk about some of the things that the Sixers need to do with their busy offseason 
to get back to or improve on where they were ended up this season. It's your boy D. You are tuned in to Sports Rap on Heat100Radio.com. You know where to find me. Get up, get to social media. Get on Facebook. Check me out. I will see you on the other side in a few.